go ahead and stand up. I'm just going to pray for us, and then we're going to just jump into worship. Father God, we praise you today. Um, as this room fills with people, I pray that it would fill with more of your presence. I pray that our worship to you today would be beautiful, would be um, something that you value and love and cherish. God, we worship you. You are the center of all we love and adore. And would you be the center of our worship today? In Jesus' name, amen. Come in this place. 
God let your fire fall down. Thank you, Thank Jesus. You. Be welcome in this place. so much better. There you go. So good to have you guys here this morning. And uh, on this, Elise, how are you doing? You're from the, I'm from the other side of the pond and you, you made it here. Good to have you guys here. Everybody say hey to the Elise. So, hey, thank you so much for being here this morning. We got a lot of uh, fun things going on today. So one, we're going to be wrapping up our series, Tomato, Tomato. And we... Um, it's going to be great. So some of you have been a part of the series the last couple of weeks. We're talking about um, how to get along when we can't, Ooh, right? And so this series is really important during this time in our world um, because this is a very polarized time. But really the series is it's more than about just navigating the world in 2023. This is really about God's vision for his church. So we're going to be talking about like how do we navigate in a church that God intends to be a mosaic. And so if you're unsure what a mosaic means, you're going to have to look it up. We talked about it last week like crazy. So, But uh, anyway, some really awesome things. One of the things that we're doing is that this is a, traditionally for us uh, in November is a mission emphasis time. And so this is concluding our mission emphasis week. You probably walked by some things in the foyer on the way in. Um, there's going to be some opportunities on the way out to find out more about what Discovery does. But we're going to give you an opportunity to make a commitment this morning to pray, give, and go. And I don't have the piece of paper in front of me, but I know somebody does. Can you wave it? Has anybody got the commitment card in there? Can you wave it? So I look like I know what I'm talking. There you go. We have a few people waving it. So here's what we're going to do. At the, very, at the end of the service, uh, maybe not the total end, at the end of my teaching time, um, we're going to give an opportunity for you to turn in that commitment card. Now, you can either do it on the card or you can do it online. There's some ways to do that. You can go to our website. The card, I think, also has a little QR code. You can pull your phone out and do some of that magic with your phone, and you can do it digitally, but, or you can turn the card in. So at the end of my teaching time, we're going to pass these baskets, and we're going to invite you to drop that card in. This is going to represent you and your family's commitment to missions with us in 2024. So we'd love for you to be a part of that. And uh, if today it's a surprise, and you're like, ah, I missed this somehow, it's okay. You can, have, you can do it again next week, all right? So there's, there's plenty of time to do that, but we just really want to give you an opportunity today. A couple other things are happening is that we have a baptism today. So we have a, we have a, a young person that's going to be baptized in the Lincoln Pool. And um, so if you can, stay for a few minutes after the service and be a part of it. You are going to, I think, be blessed by it. And one of the things that we also do here is I always open it up. If you've never been baptized... And during the course of this morning, you're like, you know what? I need to be baptized. This is your day. Um, we would love to celebrate today. You can just come up to me after, afterwards and say, Pastor John, I really think I'm going to be baptized. I didn't bring anything. And I'll say, it's okay. You can dry your clothes later. <laughs> and so um, we'd love for you to be a part of that. So anyway, there's a couple of things I want you to be aware of. Um, a couple other little, little um, other things just that I need to communicate as a church is last week, um, we got a car stolen. So we're uh, picking up uh, the, um, increasing the, uh, the security, our security team. And so we have uh, two guys out there walking through the parking lots. 
Um, but we want you to know that we're on it. And then the other part of that is if you'd like to be part of the security team um, on the connection card, let me know, hey, I'd like to be a part of this. So we're going to be doing some, thank you. See that a little clapping? So if you, honestly, um, we have some great faithful guys that do this, but we, we're looking for guys and ladies that want to be part of the security team. And just on your connection card, that's that other little card in there, just say security team. And we're going to be doing some training in the next couple of weeks, and you can be part of that. So, all right. Let's take a minute and pray together and um, join me. Our Father God, we thank you this morning for an opportunity to come in this place and worship. We need it. I think I speak for quite a few of us in this room is that it's been a week. And we need a few moments a day to turn our, our eyes and our hearts to heaven. Father, I pray this morning as we worship that you might do something inside of me, inside of us. I pray that you might be transforming me. God, I pray that as we open your word today, that you might change the way that we see you and the way that we see ourselves. And Father, may you change the way that we see others. I pray that as we walk out of this place, that we walk out knowing that we have been touched by your hand. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, if you would stand with us in worship. Um, if you uh, get tired of standing, sit down. All right? Make yourself at home. Um, if you don't know the song, it's okay. The lyrics are going to be up here. Um, and hopefully you'll learn it by the end. If your voice is not that great, it's okay. Scripture tells us to make a joyful, a joyful noise. And so we just invite you this morning to be yourself, open your heart to the Father, and worship with us. Oh, there's a name that levels mountains. And cause out highways through the sea. And I've seen its power unravel battles right in front of me. Oh, there's a faith that stands defiant. It sends Goliath to his knees. And I've seen its praise unravel shackles right off my feet. Yeah. Cause that's the power of your name. Just a mention makes a way. Giants fall and strongholds breaking. There is healing. That's the power that I claim. It's the name of Jesus. No power like the name. There's a hope. Oh, there's a hope that calls out courage. In the furnace, none afraid. The kind of daring expectation that every prayer I ever made is on an empty grave. 
Cause that's the power of your name. Just a mention makes a way. Giants fall and strongholds break and there is healing. That's the power that I claim. It's the same that rolled the grave. There's no power like the mighty name of Jesus. Cause there's no like his name cause I see you taking ground I see you press ahead your power is dangerous to the enemy's camp Amen. and you still do miracles you will do what you said for you're the same God now as you always been. Come on, church. I see you. I see you taking ground. I see you press ahead. And your power is dangerous to the enemy's camp. Yes, it is. You still do miracles. You will do what you said. For you're the same God now as you always been your spirit breaking out your kingdom moving in your victory claims the ground that the enemy has yes it does you still do miracles thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your son. We thank you for the salvation that he's brought. We thank you for the healing. We thank you for the provision. We thank you that there's nothing that we're in that you don't see. Glory to your name, God. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. your breath in our hearts so we pour out our praise we pour out our praise 
Come on, church, you give life. You give life. You are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. And great are you, Lord. It's Beautiful church, come on. And all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry. These bones will say.
to bow with me? Do you believe that God is great? I want to invite you to bring before the Father right now any of those things. that are hindering your relationship with a great and awesome God. I want to encourage you to bring before Father anything that you have deemed that God is not great enough to handle. You haven't said it, you have lived it. You've lived it the way you've been walking, the way you've been fighting, the way that you've been worrying, Anxiety that boils up in your belly is a sign that what you acknowledge in your mind is not lived out in your heart. I want you to bring that before the God. It's just you and God right now. No one else is listening or paying attention. It's just between you and the Father. There is nothing greater than you, Father God. You are the great and awesome God. When you speak, mountains jut out of the earth. When you speak, stars appear. When you speak, the seas are swimming with creatures. When you speak, life is formed from the dust. There is none but you. Our hearts grow heavy because we try to sit in the place where only you should sit. We try to be in control of the things that only you are in control of. We try to judge those things that only you can judge. We try to receive and long for receiving the praise, the adoration, the affection, the attention that only you deserve. Today, for these few moments, Father, after this moment of worship, in just these few moments, our hearts are humbled and we're reminded that great are you, God, that there is no one greater than you, that you give life, you give breath, and that you give and you take away. And even so, may the name of the Lord be praised. There are things that I don't understand but they don't. They don't overwhelm you. They don't surprise you. You take the worst and the most difficult things on planet Earth and you weave them with your gentle, artistic, incredible hands. You weave them into beauty. And Father, even at some of the things that we stare at right now that look so dark and difficult, confusing, we trust right now that you are weaving them with your masterful hands just pray you continue to weave them and then let me release 
it all into your masterful hands. I'm praying that after the few moments in your word today, that it might change the way some of us see you, see ourselves, and see the people in our circles. God, I pray that you would bring some peace where there has not been peace. Healing where it has been it has been a long time coming. And I pray that you might fuel. Fuel some men and women and fuel your church like, like we haven't seen for a generation. And may somehow it start here in this little church in the east side of Tacoma. May it start here November 19, 2023. May it start right here in me. Would you pray that with me? May it start right here with me. Let's do that again. God, may it start right here with me. In Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Riley, would you snag me that little stool? Can I borrow that? Thank you, sir. Welcome, everybody, again. You glad you're here so far? Yeah. Some of you are ready to go. We had good worship time. You're like, I'm done. So I get it. I'm done too. How about that? Thank you, Riley. Well, guys, um, um, again, welcome, and I'm glad that you're here. This is our last um, week in our series, Tomato, Tomato, How to Get Along When We Can't. And um, I hope that this has been really helpful to you. Um, I think that this has been one of the deep challenges for us in 2023, uh, trying to figure out how to get along when we can't. It's a big deal. Amen? Like, what do we do with that? And so um, we've taken a few weeks here. Um, as a church, we walk through the, the New Testament together or walk through the Bible together. We're right now walking really slowly through the Luke. And this series is from Luke chapter 11, uh, um, just a few verses, Luke 14 through Luke 36, uh, through 11:36 in in the Gospel of Luke. And so that's kind of where we've been for the last several weeks. And today we're going to wrap this thing up. So if you have a Bible, I'm going to encourage you to open it to Luke chapter 11. And, you know, if you don't have a Bible and want a Bible, we have Bibles over here on my right. There's a little blue table. Grab a Bible, take it home. We love running out of Bibles. If you have somebody that needs a Bible, take a Bible home with you. And we love running out of Bibles. So um, what was that last thing I said? We love, we love running out of Bibles. In fact, if you, if you have a child, uh, a student or a friend, a niece or nephew that needs a, a kid's version of the Bible, we have those. We love running out of Bibles. So um, anyway, we, we want, and so the, the kids' Bibles are not out. You just have to grab me. You can grab a Kirsten, um, and we'll make sure that you have that. This is, we think that this is really, really important, and so anyway. If you, if you have a paper Bible, great. If you don't have a paper Bible, open up your phone and find Luke chapter 11. I'm going to start reading verse 25 and read to the end of this, this section of Scripture together. So read along with me if you want. Um, and again, if you don't have it or you, you can't keep up with me, there's going to be a lot of verses. So I'm notorious. I, I love God's Word. It has changed me so much. And so I, I love just throwing God's word out every Sunday morning. So it's sometimes hard to keep up. I get it. I encourage you to take some notes. Honestly, today may be a day that uh, is more like you really should take some notes. So some of the things we're going to talk about today, I think, 
are really going to help you. And there's going to be a lot of scriptures today. So anyway, a lot of it's going to be up here on the screen. They're going to try so hard with their fingers to keep up with me. It doesn't, they, don't, they can't always keep up with me, but they try. Give a round of applause to the audio and visual people, by the way. They work so hard. So anyway, and it kills them when I say, hey, look at this verse. And it's not there. And like, we're looking all through your notes, Pastor John. So... Anyway, here we go. Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 25. It says, Now as the crowds were increasing, he, who's he? Oh, I need more people with me. He is who? He's, he's Jesus. Okay. Now as the crowds were increasing, Jesus began to say, This generation is a wicked generation. It demands a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so will the Son of Man be to this generation. The queen of the south will rise up with the men of this generation at the judgment and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh, they will stand up with this generation at the judgment and condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah and behold, something greater than Jonah is here. Verse 33, no one lights a lamp and puts it under a cellar nor under a basket, but on the lampstand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is unclear, your whole body is also full of light. But when it is bad, your body also is full of darkness. So watch out. Watch out that the light in you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light without any dark part, it will be wholly illuminated as when the lamp illuminates you with its light. Okay, a lot of stuff in here as Jesus concludes this section. Um, I, I don't want us to miss that this is a prophetic moment in Scripture. This is a foretelling or foreshadowing. Jesus is prophesying about his impending or upcoming death, burial, and resurrection. And not only is this a prophetic moment in Scripture where he's prophesying that this is going to happen, he's inviting the listeners, saying, listen, if, if your eye isn't clear, if, if it is blinded by all sorts of things in the world, you're going to miss this. This is the most significant thing in all of human history. You miss the resurrection of Jesus Christ, you miss everything. However, I want to share with you one of the things that just jumps out at me when I read this. It's not just the resurrection of Jesus, but what jumps out at me as I read this is I reflect back on my generation, this generation, 2023. And I am struck as I read chapter 11 in, in Luke. And actually, you're going to notice this as we continue going in the gospel of Luke, is that the way Jesus communicates starts changing. This is sort of the shifting moment in the Gospel of Luke, Jesus begins to communicate much differently. One of the things that just strikes me as I read this is I'm struck by how in our generation we are losing the ability to disagree. When I say that, I don't mean that we're no longer disagreeing, right? I mean, I think we've got opinions, amen? Like we've got more opinions than maybe ever before, and those opinions, not only do you have more opinions, but those opinions just seem to be like, like heightened and more intense and we're more convinced of our, of our opinions, but we no longer know how to actually engage with each other and disagree. We no longer know how to have what I call difficult conversations. 
And as I read Luke chapter 11, I'm struck that Jesus has difficult conversations. And, it's, and to the 2023, we'll call it Western or American mind, this seems weird because isn't Jesus supposed to be loving? Anybody? Like 1 John 4 says God is, God is love, right? Uh, John chapter 3, for God so loved the world that he sent who? He sent his one and only son, Jesus, that God is love. Jesus is love. Jesus' whole mission is about love. Jesus said in Mark chapter 10, he says, I did not come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. Jesus, as it says in Philippians chapter 2, is completely humble. He comes to serve. He takes on the, the, the robe of a servant. He wraps his waist with a towel. He carries this entire attitude, perspective of a servant. He is loving, and yet... As someone who's so loving, he disagrees. He has hard conversations. And we in the church, and I'm I'm gonna talk mostly today in the church, but this applies to listen, this applies to work, this applies to online, this applies house around your dinner table. Strikes me that if love himself have difficult conversations, it tells me that love, selfless love, watches, requires difficult conversations. I want you to write that down somewhere. I'm struck as I read Jesus' prophetic message here, how Jesus has difficult conversations. Jesus, love himself, has difficult conversations. Luke 11, this, this passage opens with Jesus doing something so wonderful. He heals somebody. And we talked about this for a couple weeks. It's super cool. He does this amazing thing. And every time something amazing happens, there's always naysayers, right? Like there's always that negative Nancy that shows up. And we talked about this last week. I talked about my mama. My mom said when there's difficult people or mean people, you're just supposed to, anybody remember? You're just supposed to ignore them, right? And focus on the positive. And I, I, was, I, I talked last week how it, how it strikes me that Jesus doesn't ignore the 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 tiny little fragment of people who are negative. Instead, he stops and he engages with them. And not only does he engage them, um, as I walk through Luke 11 with you, he doesn't just engage them. He invites the negative Nancys in to be part of the team. He's like, hey, there's space for you in this team. This, the, the, God's vision for his church is this mosaic, rich, diverse family, right? And so we talked about that last week. And then Luke records that um, after Jesus does this, the mission grows, now, I just want you to think kind of in like everyday, like human terms. Jesus is leading a, a movement, and Luke is recording that the movement is growing. Like more people are showing up. Like Jesus invites the naysayers in, and great, awesome things are happening. Well, let's read it again. You might have missed it. Verse 29, it says, now as the crowds were, what's the word up there? Everybody, a little louder. Increasing, So Luke says, I want you to know that, that right now the movement is growing. Now, if you've ever been a part of a little bit of success, okay? If you've ever been a part of a team that was successful or a business that was successful, if you've just ever been like on a, a winning streak, you know, like all of a sudden you had an A and another A and A minus, but that was okay, and an A, like you, you're, all of a sudden, that's awesome, but what happens is when you start succeeding is that you become more risk-averse. You know what I'm talking about? Like, the, the more things start growing and going, you're like, hey, 
let's not stop this. Like if you get a bunch of A's in a row, you stop changing your underwear. You start thinking, I must have lucky underwear. Any, amen? Nobody? Okay, no, yeah. But, but there's some part of you that's like, hey, this is working. Let's not rock the boat. You, got, you know what I'm talking about? And so, hey, things are going and growing, and let's not, let's not risk this thing collapsing. Luke says this thing is growing like crazy. People are coming. Luke 29, now as the crowds were increasing, Jesus does the unthinkable. He began. He starts communicating in a different way. He says to his followers, the people that are gathering, the people that are showing up, this generation is a wicked generation. Demands a sign. And so no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Jesus has hard conversations. Like he pulls no punches. He, he goes on to compare him. He says, he compares him to the hated Ninevites. Like no good Israelite loved, liked, was fond of the Ninevites. In fact, I compare is not even the right word. He says this, the Ninevites were better than you guys. When the judgment day comes, the Ninevites are going to come out smelling like roses in your Jesus is having the hard conversations, and I want you to see and hear that God blesses these hard conversations. Jesus sees the need for this church, this movement, for it to be healthy and vibrant. You've got to have real, honest, love-filled, Difficult conversations. Paul writes in, in the book of Colossians, he says, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. It's a great little verse. It sounds really sweet until you think about the implications. You know what Paul's saying? It's like, hey, your conversations need to be full of grace because the conversations require grace. You need to have conversations that are full of grace because you are in the kind of conversations that deeply, deeply require it because that's what we do. We stop running away. Um, I, I don't think I'm alone, but I think in 2023, pastors have become the, the ghost kings. Pastors are ghosted all the time. I think the church has become the kingdom of the ghost. It's not that we don't have different opinions. We have different opinions. It's just that we no longer want to talk about them. We instead just ghost anybody we think might have a different opinion, and we run away. Listen, it is killing our spiritual growth, and it is killing the impact of the church in the world. And this is what Paul is saying in Colossians chapter 4. He's saying this. You need to have difficult conversations, and as you do, as they're seasoned full of grace, watch this. It empowers the work of the church in the world. I think in 2023, our world is just is looking like, are there people out there that really believe what they say? 
Are, are there people out there that really practice love and the kind of community that Scripture talks about? And so we as God's people must learn how to have difficult conversations. I'm going to share with you four things today about how we are to do that. Number one, if we're going to have difficult conversations that are seasoned with salt and grace and our witness to the world, number one, we have to start with our own hearts. I'm going to read verse 29 again, and uh, I've read it like three times already, but I'm going to read it again. Luke 11, verse 29. It says, Now as the crowds were increasing, Jesus began to say, This generation is a wicked generation. It demands a sign, and so no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah. Now, this is a prophetic verse, and I, I think there's something, at least in the modern mind, that when we hear something prophetic, we always hear it as like negative and harsh. And maybe that's because we're around a lot of negative and harsh people, you know. You know, when someone says, hey, can I be honest? You pretty much know you need to buckle in, you know. <laughs> They're going to be a little rude and harsh. They're asking for permission to be kind of ugly and mean, right? But prophetic, honest, difficult conversations, the healthy ones, should be anything, anything but mean and and so when Jesus says, so when Jesus says the sign of Jonah, what is he talking about? I said earlier it's prophetic. What is the sign of Jonah? Anybody, you, I'll let you talk back here. This is, doesn't have to be me talking all the time. So. Death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. So, so, so the life of Jonah in some ways is also prophetic. The story of Jonah is prophetic. It's a, a foretelling of Christ himself. And so when Jesus refers to this, he is saying, listen, this is what God's doing right now is I am going to die, I'm going to be buried, I'm going to be resurrected on the third day. And so when Jesus mentioned this, this is the sign, I want us to remember that Jesus is going willingly to the cross. He's not angry about it. Are we, are we in agreement there? Like he's not... It's, it's not that the angels are dragging Jesus through the streets of Jerusalem and he's, he's not wanting to. It's not like God is forcing the hand of Jesus. Jesus is willingly surrendering to the Father because he loves the Father and secondly, he deeply loves you and me. The entire work of the cross is a work that is saturated with love. Amen? For God so, what was the word? Love the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes him should not perish. The entire work of the cross is a work of love. When Jesus mentions this in verse 29, I want you to hear his heart of love. Like this difficult conversation that he's having, he's having it because he deeply, deeply loves both the Father and his listeners. Young man came to Jesus and asked, Jesus, you know, what's the greatest commandment? You guys know this, Matthew chapter 22, up here on the screen. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is just like it. How about the last moment Jesus had with his disciples in that upper room? He said this, greater love has no one than this, than one laid down his life for his friends. This communication that Jesus is having with his listeners is absolutely saturated with selfless love. Before you and I have a difficult conversation, we should ask one question. I want you to write it down. 
Because when I said difficult conversations today, some of you said, that's it, he's going to get it at lunch. Some of you thought, okay, you maybe even looked at him sideways. You know, okay, we're going to do it. But before we have the conversation, we need to ask this question. What is the most loving, selfless thing to do? What is the most loving, selfless thing? What's the most loving way to communicate to him or to her? Before you and I have difficult conversations, we have to first check our own hearts. Am I doing this because I gotta get something off my chest? Because I gotta give them a piece of my mind. Because they're bugging me. They're driving me crazy. Because, you know, this generation has gone to hell in a handbasket and it needs me. Are we, is my heart breaking for my team? Is my heart breaking for my employee? Is my heart breaking for my child? Is my heart breaking for my spouse? Is my heart breaking for the brokenness in this home? Is my heart breaking for the brokenness in this neighborhood? Is, is my heart breaking for the separation that we're feeling and experiencing in the church, in this distance? Is my heart breaking the way that God's heart breaks? And if not, I'm going to spend some time asking for the Father to first change my heart. Give me a heart that's swollen with an incredible amount of love for first Him and second for the people in my life. Amen? Difficult conversations. Healthy, godly ones start with our heart. Second, I call this traffic light the issue. Okay, you guys get traffic lights? I pull up to the traffic light. There's three options. Okay? Option one is I'm going to get a red light. That means, some of you think it means hurry, okay, but, right? Red light means what? It means stop, okay? You get a traffic light, you go red light, and then stop. If you get a green light, it means what? Go keep whistling, man. Keep the radio up, keep whistling, keep on trucking, right? You get a yellow light, it means what? Pump the brakes, look left and right, slow down, be cautious. Watch this. This is the one that we kind of forget, but this is probably the legal definition, right? Prepare to yield, okay? Prepare to yield, right? We get to option one, stop, full stop. We're not moving forward, and we're not moving forward at all right now. It's just full stop. Green, we keep on trucking. It's sweet. We're whistling, Dixie, whatever, all right, we're going. We yellow, we pump the brakes, use some caution, look left and right, prepare to, what was the word? prepare to yield. Now, let's be real honest about Jesus' teaching and ministry. There are lots of things that Jesus didn't teach about. Lots of things. He said nothing about Apple versus Android. I wish he would have. Come on. That, that's the come on today? That's the come on? I mean, think of it. Think of it, all the things he didn't talk about. He didn't talk about, you know, the you know, what channel you should watch. He didn't talk about Seahawks versus 49ers. He didn't say anything about that, right? And so there's just, there is almost a numerous amount of things that Jesus did not talk about. There were a few things that were full stops that we just can't get around. I mean, John 14, 6 is one of those. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except, everybody, through me. This is a, this is a line in the sand. Back to earlier in this chapter, in chapter, in verse, in chapter 11, Jesus even said, if you're not with me, you're against me. And so Jesus, Jesus did 
He wasn't just this, um, you know, like, you know, person that walked through life and had no opinions. It was like patting everybody on the back and giving them thumbs up, hang loose, all that kind of stuff. That wasn't Jesus. Jesus was the absolute son of God. And there are things that are absolute truth and things that affect our relationship with God. And Jesus was very, very serious about those things. And then there were things that Jesus talked about but wasn't really incredibly clear on. Jesus touched on political things. He didn't really give us his absolute political opinion. Jesus touched about social issues like poverty, but he didn't really tell us exactly how we'd engage. He talked about important things, but he didn't really make them exactly crystal clear on exactly what we should do. So we need to take some things from Jesus' life and ministry and apply them to our conversations. Number one, there are some things that are red lights that we don't have agreement on the relationship cannot proceed, or at least it cannot proceed in the way that we want it to. In the church, we have a few things. At Discovery, we call them the eight essentials. We have eight things that we say are essential to salvation. And if we can't agree on this, it's going to make it very difficult for us to have a close relationship with, uh, with each other. One is, do you believe that a God exists? It's one of our first things. If, if you don't believe that God exists, it's going to make our relationship very difficult, right? We believe as a church that there's a thing called sin, and sin separates people from God. And if, if you don't acknowledge that a thing like sin exists, it's going to be hard for us to do life together. We believe that Scripture has authority in our lives. And if you don't believe Scripture is the ultimate authority for your life and mine, it's going to make it very difficult for us to navigate life with. We believe that Jesus Christ came, he lived, he died, was buried, and on the third day rose again. And it is this thing that changes all of human history, if you do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's okay. It just changes the way that we're going to relate together. Does this make sense? There are some things that are full stops. It's like, okay, you don't, you don't believe? Okay, that's okay. It just changes our relationship. It changes the kind of things that we talk about. There are things that are green light things, like, you know, we shouldn't worry about. Like, yeah, it's okay. Should we talk about it? I don't think so. It's okay for us to be different. But then there are some yellow things. And these things are important. They're not unimportant. They're important. They're vital. And if we don't talk about it, if we don't look both ways, if we both don't come at it with a, a perspective on I may need to yield, there's going to be a crash in the intersection. You know what I'm talking about? And so we first, when we have an issue, we need to traffic light it. Or what's that nursing term? It's like triage. Yeah, we determine, like, where does this thing land? And my, my concern, I'm looking right at Sarah this whole time. She's very uncomfortable. Sorry, Sarah. But my concern in 2023, Sarah, is that we have put too many things in the red and too many things in the green, and we're not recognizing that they're important yellow things. And it's important for us to, not, to say, hey, there, there is yellow. They're important. They're important, if not to me, they're at least important to my brother and sister, and so this brings us to number three. If we're going to have difficult conversations, after we triage it, is this a red, green, or yellow? If it's a yellow, then, watch this, we need to lean in with curiosity. We need to lean in. Not avoid, not run away, not find a different church, not find a different circle, not unfriend everybody. 
We lean in with curiosity. James chapter 1, verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. James said take notes. Anybody? That was a little bit of a joke. Got this? James says write this stuff down. He says take note of this. Everyone should be, everybody, say it together with me. Will you read it? Quick to, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Have the conversation, James says. Have it. Just be quick with curiosity. Solomon writes this in the book of Proverbs. Fools find no pleasure in understanding, but delight in airing their own opinions. That's, that's, that's a heavy one for 2023. We all want to tell our own opinions, right? Solomon says, slow down before you hit send, before you post, before you like. you delight in? Is it understanding your brother and your sister? Is it giving everybody a piece of your mind? Fueling the separation in the family, the separation at work, the separation in our world, the separation in God's church. Let me give you a few questions that I think would be really good to ask. Number one, why do you see the world the way that you do? Start a difficult conversation by making sure that your heart is swollen with love. You've triaged it. You're like, this isn't a red and it's not a green. It's something we should talk about. Let me lead with curiosity. Why do you see the world the way that you do? Here's a second one. How do you read scripture? What do you think God's word says about this? I'd love to know. Number three, what can I learn from your or their experience? Scripture rooted, humble conversations will grow you and grow the influence of the church in our world today. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Paul writes to the Colossians, listen, have the difficult conversations. It's worship. Do you see that? It's like talk to each other, psalms, hymns, admonish teach, like grow each other. That's the beauty of the church. Like we, we come in as brand new babes and we grow up in the church. We grow up in the church not by osmosis because we're sitting in a seat that is somehow holy, right? Or in a kind of like a holy moment. We grow up in the church because we're having hard conversations with incredible curiosity and God changes us. This is the worship that pleases the heart of the Father. We go on to number four. And the last one, I call this practice follow-up grace. Can you say that with me? Because you'll never use it again. Let's just do it once, right? Practice follow-up grace. Okay, so um, next week we're going to start in verse 37. 
and we're going to have a brand new series. It's called MIA, Missing in Action. We're going to be talking about the significance and importance of leadership in our world. We're going to talk about how to lead well at work and at home and in our culture. Okay, now we're going to start in verse 37. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a preview by just reading verse 37. And I want you to see how cool this is. Okay, so get ready for coolness. Are you ready? Okay, okay. Verse 37, it says this. Luke is recording. He says, when Jesus had finished speaking. So what was his speaking? It was a hard conversation. Prophetic, hard. Are you there? He was having a hard conversation. Okay? He called the people what? (laughs) Wicked generation. That was his sermon. Like, he should have focus grouped that thing. You know? I think we were watching a little bit of The Chosen, and on one episode we saw, like, Jesus was reviewing his sermon with some guys before he preached. I thought, no, that didn't happen, you know? Like, and, and I can prove it because of Luke chapter 11, all right? It's like, there's no way that Jesus said, hey, guys, I'm going to call all of our followers a wicked generation, okay? So, anyway, he just had this hard, difficult conversation. Luke says, when Jesus had finished speaking, a Pharisee, don't read me further for a minute, Do you think the Pharisee was any part of the target of his conversation? Okay, so might have been the bullseye, okay? So the Pharisee just, he might, if not the bullseye, really close to the center circle of who Jesus was targeting, says when Jesus had finished speaking the hard conversation, a Pharisee, or maybe the target of the entire conversation, watch this, guys, invited him to eat with them. At the end of the conversation, the Pharisees said, do you want some Olive Garden? Do you want to hang out and break some bread and dip it in Alfredo sauce? Okay? That's what the Pharisees said. He said, will you come eat with me? And so Jesus went and Jesus reclined at the table. They hung out together. That is mind-boggling. Because, listen, difficult conversations are tough in and of themselves. Am I fair enough? Some of you know right now when I'm talking, you're like, i got to have the difficult conversation, and I apologize, because I know right now some of you, like your stomach has gone about four more inches higher, right? The whole conversation, you're getting tighter and tighter, like, <gasps> I'm going to have to have a conversation, and you're, you're hating it, Right? And you're starting to sweat. I do. Every conversation, I start to sweat from every pore. I, I, I replay the conversation. I don't sleep very well. Am I speaking anybody's language? Okay, so this happens to me, and you get all worked up. You have the conversation. When it ends, you're like, that's so good. I hope I never see them again. <laughs> right? There's a little part of you like, okay, we did that. And you just, or if you see them, you just don't want to look them in the eye again. You're like, we did this. Like, you did something shameful together. You're like, I just don't want to look at you, but watch what Jesus does. When he had finished speaking, Luke records. Just, it's mind-boggling. Not only that Jesus had these hard conversations, but that afterwards he sat down, he reclined at the table, and he ate with them. Listen, this is what I call follow-up grace. Like, after the conversation, we are going to live out grace like never before. We're going to see each other 
And when we see each other, we're going to hug. Like even if we didn't come to agreement, even if I don't know that I can really understand yet your perspective, your, your hurt, your anger, your disappointment, I'm going to share Popeye's with you. Next Sunday, let's get the families together and, and let's get a taco. We're going to do this thing. And it's this follow-up grace that changes everything. Right now, the enemy is, is winning in not only our world, not only in our politics, and not only online, but he's winning in our neighborhoods. He's winning in our schools. He's winning in our homes. And he's winning in our churches. And I think he's subtly winning when we stop talking. We stop having the difficult conversations. In 20 minutes, I could not possibly make your conversation super easy. My hope, though, is that you would trust the Father to carry you into a place, through a place of healing. And I'm trusting that God will do this in his church, this little church on the east side of Tacoma, that we will become a, not just a place that is quietly enduring different people, that we will become a family that is walking out follow-up grace. Amen? So I want you to pray with me right now. I'm going to pray together. I'm going to pray first for our world. And now I'm going to just kind of keep bringing it in. And during the course of this prayer time, I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask God for some courage, some direction, some wisdom in some conversations that this morning is prompting you to have. But let's start in a safe place the big old world, okay? Would you bow with me and pray? Jesus, we thank you today for a few minutes. I think we've all needed a few minutes. It's been one of those weeks. Thank you for a time of worship. We thank you for a few minutes to just lift our eyes out of the muck. And our eyes get so down in the muck. Today as we see like you engaging the, the broken and the raw, the, the difficult places. I mean, you did. You pulled no punches. Called this generation a wicked generation. And when I look at my generation can't help but think of the wickedness that is so pervasive, Father. We certainly see it in the wars, in the uh, destruction and the killing of the innocent. We see it, Father, throughout the world as our world seems to have this, uh, this turning away from righteousness and truth. We see it in our nation where we have a generation that is struggling to 
to find and live out faith. And we see the enemy winning in that way. And so we want to pray today as one church that there would be a turning in this generation, a turning, a returning to you. God, I pray that you'd create a spirit of humility. I pray that from the, from the highest leaders in the world to the smallest leaders, I pray that you give a spirit of humility, hunger for peace, and hunger for truth, and hunger for righteousness. I pray that because I think that will lead men and women to you, Jesus. I pray that you do that. I look in our cities, and I even look at the nature of discussion of some things that just seems like we always revert to sides. Got to find a side everywhere. Pray that you'd return a humility. Father, as I read the scripture this morning, I'm just so overwhelmed how Jesus, you pressed in hard conversations. And I think one of the subtle ways the enemy is winning is he's moving us in the church to different sides, different camps. And we've stopped having conversations. Stop saying things like, what do you think scripture says about this? Tell me how you've experienced the touch of God in this. And I pray, Father, that your church should be a place where men and women can have hard, humble, scripture-based conversations and it will grow men and women in their faith and will grow the power and influence of the church. And God, this morning, I'm asking some of those conversations, I think they might need to happen today at some of our dining room tables or living rooms. Some of those conversations may start today by picking up a phone, setting up a meeting. And so I'm asking that in this place that some of us, you give us the courage to be obedient and no longer be satisfied with this gap, this distance, this separation that exists in our homes. So I'm going to give you a minute. I'm going to trust that God's spoken to you this morning. I'm going to give you just a minute while Sarah plays. I want you to talk to God about that difficult conversation that you know needs to happen. Jesus, you prayed the night before you were crucified that we would be one, even as you and the Father are one. No longer will the enemy win by convincing us that hard conversations are something that we're not strong enough to have, that your spirit won't carry us through. And I'm asking, Father, that men and women in this room would experience your grace that watch healing take place, 
God, I pray that you would grow our hearts to reflect you, Jesus, more and more every day. Let your church be a witness to the world because we have loving, humble, scripture-based, difficult conversations in your name. That was a lot. I told you to take notes. I don't know. It's a lot, so. But really, really good, friends. God's going to use this. He's going to use this season. He's going to use this situation. He is going to use it. He's going to use it to grow you and to show off his glory. Amen? Some of, that was not a hearty amen, but it's okay. Just a, just a little amen's okay today. I get it. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We, our service is not over. We have a couple more things that we're going to do. I, I mentioned earlier that we're going to have a commitment time. And uh, we typically have an offering time. We're going to change it up. This is not an offering time. This is not a giving back to God time. This, the baskets are going to be passed, and we're going to invite you to pull out your commitment card to pray, give, and go for missions. And some of you have done that online, and if you've done it online or you don't want to participate, you just let the basket go by. No one's taking notes. Um, but if you and your family want to make a 2024 commitment to pray, give, and go, we would invite you to, as the baskets go by, to um, give your commitment. Now, I'm going to go ahead and ask Dan and Dennis to start that. In a couple of moments, after those start going by, we're going to invite you to stand and sing. Now, as soon as the song's over, we're going to conclude with a special moment. I want to recognize a family, and um, we're going to pray over this family and give them a little gift, and then our offering time is still going to happen. Our offering time, we're not going to pass baskets a second time, but we have an offering a box on the blue table right over here. On your way out, we would like you to drop your connection card and any financially, financial gift to God that you want to make this morning. You can do it through that offering box today, okay? Um, we're going to leave that between you and the Father. So just a moment. The team's going to lead us in a song, and then I'm going to come back up, okay? This song, like last week, um, has a little bit of Spanish in it. Um, not as much as last time. Um, but just to celebrate the different cultures, different languages, we know that there are some Spanish speakers here. And so we just wanted to incorporate a little bit of it into the song. But feel free to sing Spanish, English, whatever feels comfortable to you. The words will be on the screen. You can stand and join me. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. Cause Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain he washed it white as snow oh, oh, oh. oh espanol nada bueno hay en ti 
atrás ya buscaré a la sangre de Jesús mis pecados lavaré todo te Cristo lo pagó seat just for another moment. In a few minutes, we are going to be celebrating a baptism. I want to give you a little bit of instruction about that. So um, the the pool takes a little bit of, um, 
what do we call it, like... Uh, journey? Journey, yeah, journey. It's, it's basically a mission. Uh, yeah, it's basically a mission. So you're going to go down to the second floor, There's go that. all the way to the end uh, through our kids' wing, and then you're going to exit, go down some downstairs stairs to your right, and then there's a little building back there with the... And so we'll have some people staged along the way. There's also and, signs that the wind probably blew away. This, yeah, <laughs> I've heard that. I had, Chris said the wind is killing some of our signs. So anyway, um, if you get lost, um, we'll see you next year. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll, we'll find you. So anyway, so love for you to stay a little bit um, and uh, celebrate that with us. I, I want to take a minute today and... I want us all to give a big thank you to Brad and Monica. Brad and Monica. Brad and Monica are, are both great with child. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe Monica more than Brad. I don't know if this is on. but um, So, in fact, Monica was hoping she wasn't going to be here today. She is that great with child. She was hoping that... She's going to be holding another, um, another little boy. And so, um, anyway, their family's growing. And so they've been praying a lot in the recent months about how they should navigate this stage in their family. And I'm so proud of them. They together have, they came and said, Pastor John, we would like to take about a year sabbatical and focus on our growing family. And I said, that's the best decision I've ever heard. So, isn't that great? I don't think I said it quite like that. There were some tears in my eyes for different reasons, because the truth is, is they are such a vital, important part of our family, and um, God brought them to our family kind of a miraculous way, our church family, and they have been such an important part. And they're still going to be an important part of our family, but they're going to really shift gears. And so... um, we have a little gift. The worship team has put together a little gift. It's behind me. Oh, yeah. So a poinsettia and a little gift, and we're going to give that to you guys, and, um, and you can hold that. And so, Brad, while you're holding the poinsettia, is there anything that you would like us to pray for you and Monica? Because we're going to pray today and be praying for you in the coming days. Sleep? She said sleep. Can we have some sleep? Um, just... Uh... You know, God has blessed us with peace already in the decision. It was a really hard decision because, one, we love serving with this amazing team up here and, uh, and leading with you guys in worship and what God's doing in our community. Um, I guess, like, just prayer for uh, more growth in this church and in this team. Um, it would delight our heart to see more and more people up on here that we don't know very well. Um, same thing with up in the booth. I mean, like, the, it, part of the reason this was such a hard decision wasn't because we just love making music, but just the family that we've developed with these friends up here and uh, just choosing to step away. Um, it, it's been a very rich and rewarding experience. So if, any, if any one of you guys are, uh, are you know, musically inclined and you guys want to be part of something special, this team is, is a great way to do that. So... But, um, I don't know, we're just excited for the future. We're still going to be here every week. Uh, probably not the next couple. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, uh, but we'll be back, and we'll be, uh, we'll be shouting, shouting this team down. Yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I, I guess we're going to pray for a couple things. We're going to pray for them. We're also going to pray for some more people to join worship team. That's what you're asking, right? Okay, so 
But uh, honestly, Brad and Monica, Jesus has done an amazing work in both of their lives, and they both have been serving um, since they were about 19, I think is what we talked about. And I know that they're only like 23 right now, but some of you, some of you think they are, but they're way older than that. They've really been just serving selflessly the church for many, many, many years, and this is, I think this is a really godly decision. And it does leave a hole, and, but I think, I think God's going to do great things. So let's pray for you guys. Jesus, we're so grateful for Brad and Monica. So grateful that you're growing their family. And Father, we pray that uh, in these last, these last days of this, uh, these stages of this pregnancy, um, your hand would be completely over Monica's body and that little boy inside. Father, we're looking forward to holding just a, a, a beautiful, healthy little boy in you, hopefully in the days to come. Father, we, we want to join with Brad. Brad um, just asked not only for prayer for them, but that you would grow this worship team in this ministry. So we pray you would raise up some, some more musicians. I also want to pray for the, the simple thing that Monica prayed. She prayed for some sleep, and it's not <laughs> such a simple thing. Um, I know we all know what it's like to um, have a young family and uh, one healthy little boy, Ellis, who's got a lot of energy, and another one coming, and we just pray, Father, for rest for them. Pray for this entire year that, God, you would just fill their souls and that this rest would be a part of the broader journey. And, God, I pray that they would just sense that and you grow them like crazy in this time. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, friends, thank you for coming. We're so grateful. Um, so I'm going to dismiss you. Some music's going to play on your way out. There is an offering box there. If you would like to worship via your tithes and offerings, please do that. There is some coffee available on the second floor. And then um, if you want to join us, we're probably going to have a baptism probably in about 15 minutes. I'd love to have you join us. God bless.